Hello, 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 my fact friends and fiends. Welcome to yet another episode of Let's Talk About the Facts with Elizabeth Fury. And today with me, I have our good friend, Vaughn. Hey. (laughs) And yes, we are so aware that we dropped this late, but... You know, vaccine sensation is just gripping the nation, and um, we're going to accept people being late to things, and I am that people, and you know what? That's fine. But so, I am also that people, because I didn't I didn't know it was going to sit me down as much as it did. Like, my second dose was like, oh, you thought you were going to do anything else? No, no, no. Sit down, sweetheart. Get in bed. <laughs> Let me run my course. Dude, I, I was delirious the night before i don't know if i said it on the podcast yet or not but i'm gonna tell it again if i did i woke up in the middle of the night after like the longest nap it was a slumber i don't sleep that much at night like you know some people are like i have to get my 10 hours i get like five to six and then my body just wakes me up like it's not even an alarm and after probably 10 hours i woke up could not drink enough water. I think I drank four Trenta cups of water because I had like a Starbucks water cup next to my bed. Yeah. And uh, w- then I was upset because my body was so full of water it hurt, but I was still thirsty. And so I took Tums. I was like, that'll make my stomach feel better. And then it was like, it hurt so bad. I just started crying because that works. And I laid on my bed and sang to my deaf dog. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. (laughs) I mean, isn't it though? (laughs) I mean, right. And also everything about that was very on brand for me. Because when I'm upset, all I do is sing boys to men. So... My dog just licked my forehead. She was like, I can't hear you, but vibes. <laughs> I don't know what's happening, sis, but let me just help you out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was like 4 a.m. And then I f- somehow fell asleep in the mid-song. And when I woke up, my dog's butt was in my face. And I was like, okay, things are back to normal. <laughs> so anyway, speaking of delirious... We're going to take a sharp right turn, and the pre-title of this episode is called Let's Scare Vaughn, and (laughs) that's why I refused (laughs) to do this with anybody but you, because I'm going to share with you one of my greatest fears. I do have fears, people. It may sound like I don't, that I am like stone-cold Steve Austin not scared of anything, but I am scared of many things. One, I'm scared of a group of frat boys at night. Like, if I hear them coming down my street, which I do somehow, I don't know. Like, somehow I magically transport inside of my apartment. Maybe I ran. (laughs) Maybe I just, you know, magic. Something. But if I hear, if it's dark outside and I hear frat boys, I'm gone. I am with you there. Yeah, right? It's, it's like, I need to find a way to not be here now. Something bad's <laughs> about to happen. So I have other things that I might be irrationally and or rationally scared of. I've mentioned it to Vaughn before. I am most certain that he's forgotten it. I am scared of certain types of dolls. 
And no. Oh, yes. You told me that you did not know that Annabelle was real. No, no, no. We're going to we're going to learn the real story of Annabelle today. And also a friend. So many of you who may not have known that Annabelle the doll was real and not a, a part of the Conjuring universe is a fake story, though the story that the Conjuring universe that tells you except for the first movie, the, like all of the Annabelle movies are totally fictional, okay? But mm-hmm. Annabelle herself is real. She is inside of a glass case with a, uh, I think it's a devil tarot card or a devil card that's on her. And it says exactly, it basically looks just like what's in the movie, except the doll itself does not look like that. And of course, it is for trademark reasons. Let me tell you why. Annabelle is actually a Raggedy Ann doll. Oh. Yeah. That makes it slightly better. It kind of also makes it slightly worse because Annabelle in the film is terrifying. Like she, who, who the fuck would own that doll? Right. I would like, if I had to own that doll and you, you like brought that into my house, the first thing I'm going to do is bash its face in and then I'm going to throw it over my balcony. That's how this is going to go down. (laughs) And then I'm probably going to set my house on fire. So, note to self, if you ever become my friend and you give me a doll, let me just tell you we're not friends anymore. <laughs> and uh, I'm probably That's an act pay- of war, officially, isn't it? That's an act of violence. <laughs> like, not even just war. Like, I might call the police on you. And anyway, I mean, like, they're not going to show up, but I might. We have different types of films. That, like, you know, show possessed dolls, like Child's Play, of course, the Annabelle series. There's the Twilight episode, or sorry, Twilight Zone episode. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, let's not talk about the Twilight movie that had the creepy animated doll, like, Um, But the Twilight Zone episode, it was in season five, episode six, called Living Doll. That um, is the original Rod Serling, by the way, not the new twilight zone um the mother of the character it was named actually annabelle there are so many uh films that picture dolls as antagonists when it comes to supernatural but let's talk about real annabelle were the warrens involved yes ed and lorraine warren were involved in the true story of annabelle So let's start out with how it all happened. If you've seen the first Conjuring movie, they show more of the accurate story than the others do. So the story is Uh um, a nursing student named Donna received it as a gift from her mother. It's a rather large Annabelle or (laughs) Annabelle doll. Raggedy Ann doll. I would say it's torso sized for a full adult. Like, it's a pretty big doll. Um, She was... I hate everything that's happening right now. Well, and back... we're just getting started. <laughs> I know. Um, 
Raggedy Ann's often were handmade. Um, you could purchase a pattern back in the day. Uh, this doll was given as a gift in the 19, in 1970. And the version that of this Raggedy Ann doll, her dress and everything does not predate 1970. Like the version of the Raggedy Ann that Annabelle is her, like everything about her is 1970 and after. Because there are different variations of Raggedy Ann. But you could purchase a pattern and make Raggedy Ann yourself and do um, variations and customize her for a child. You know what I mean? Back when, you know, we could do things for ourselves and not cry and go to Target and buy things. Because that's what I do. Um, But she was rather large. And so... And often the doll was large, like when you would make her, but the actual doll itself, it was, um, it's said to have been purchased at a hobby store, uh, by her mother. So Donna's mother was given it as a gift. There are two conflicting accounts. I think it's just because lack of memory. I actually can't blame the Warren, the Warrens for forgetting if it was a Christmas or a birthday gift, but those are the two conflicting accounts. I don't think it really matters. Um, But it was purchased at a hobby store and given to uh, Donna as a holiday gift. And um, so definitely... She was new when Donna received her. Donna was a nursing student. She lived with her roommate, um, and the roommates, uh, the roommate's name was Angie, and they also had Angie's fiance staying with him, and his name was Lou. So, at first, when Annabelle came to the house, right, thing like a little bit of weird things were happening, you know, um. They would have, she kept Annabelle on her, on her bed. Granted, Donna was 28 when she received it. I actually don't find that weird. Yeah, I don't find it weird. No, because she's at the age where she would be starting a family of her own in 1970. And so her being a nursing student, like, I could see why her mom would get her a doll. Like a, come on, let's get it. Let's get the move on. But it's like something comforting like while you're in school and away from your family and it's 1970s and you know then that would be something that she could pass on as a family gift you know what i mean okay i'm i'm picking up what you're laying down yes i don't see it as weird i just see it i mean it could be interesting like it's a choice but maybe they like maybe there's other things like maybe donna lost some of her childhood toys and she couldn't pass anything down it's also not exact it's like the beginning of being able to go to department stores and buy whatever you want and so this is like a situation where it's like let's have a family heirloom that we can pass down you know yeah and she has a calico dress um so it's like a specific type um so she was not a porcelain doll as shown in the film uh, so Donna and her roommate, Angie, and then Angie's fiance, Lou, they do end up contacting the demonologist Ed and Lorraine Warren about their experience, but not before they do a whole bunch 
of other things first. Huh. So, um, let's start with what they did. The Donna, she had a very small apartment with Angie, and they would start seeing Annabelle kind of doing subtle movements, if that makes sense. So no, no, for, yeah, <laughs> no. I know. Unfortunate, right? And this is the seventies before you could like Google shit. And <laughs> could you imagine? Far out doll moving, maybe. Ooh, groovy. <laughs> Uh, we are the worst <laughs> because like I remember when that 70s show was on and it's really I remember pre-internet I'm being an asshole right now but at the same time it's like you gotta remember how hard life was before you could just look shit up yeah oh my god so at first it was just really subtle and confined to the bed that Donna kept Annabelle sitting on uh, but then the movements just became more noticeable so like Donnie, Donna and Angie both would just like discover her in different rooms um, or sometimes like Donna started keeping her out of her room um, like her bedroom and would shut the door and then they would come back and they would find Annabelle on the on her bed with her legs crossed and her arms folded or okay no i was like also (laughs) mood um there were other occasions where they found annabelle standing on her feet leaning against a dining room chair well this is a just like a raggedy it's a raggedy ann not a porcelain doll so So there's there's nothing to like keep it up there's nothing to keep it up they also found uh, Annabelle le- kneeling on a chair. And even more strange is when they tried to make the doll like kneel on its own, it'd fall over because it can't kneel. There's nothing but fluff there. Right? Okay. 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 Yeah, I know, right? So, according to the Demonologist book, I believe that's the one that was written by Ed and Lorraine Warren. Um, it had gone on for about a year before Ed no, Lorraine. No, no, no. I know, no. I know, I know, no. I know. Uh, they became involved with the case, and they would eventually take the doll into their possession. Um, they did meet with the doll's owner, roommate, and roommate's fiance, as depicted in the films. But here's where we're gonna get cray. Are you ready? Now we're getting cray. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're, we're not even close. So according to Ed and Lorraine, Donna said that they would come home and find penciled messages written with childlike handwriting on parchment paper. The messages would say, help us and help Lou. So that's Angie's fiance. Right. And they didn't have parchment paper in the apartment. Because it's 1970, not 1870. (laughs) So where the fuck did it come from? CVS. You're far out CVS, dude. You can't go to CVS and get (laughs) parchment. I'm not talking about the stuff you cook on. I'm talking about the stuff you calligraphize on. That's not a verb. That is not a verb. Okay, so... 
here's when they decide to contact a medium prior to Ed and Lorraine Warren, right? There were three drops of blood on Annabelle's chest, right? Yes, so I wrote specific. this down. And then there was blood on the back of the doll's hand. There's no explanation for how that got there. But Donna was like, all right, we're going to contact a medium. I love to picture that it was like the Long Island medium. Like, could you imagine? (laughs) (laughs) She comes in with her hair and her nails and she's like, all right, we're going to do this. Um, But definitely wasn't. She's not around yet. Or she would have. Maybe she was around, but like maybe was very young. Right. Um. So they contacted a medium for help. Um, the medium decides to hold a seance and they introduce Donna and Angie to the spirit of Annabelle, who was a, quote, seven-year-old girl who had played in the fields that existed where Donna and Angie's apartment complex now stood. And apparently... Annabelle's lifeless body had been discovered out in the fields. So out of compassion, I don't know these women, but out of compassion, Don and Angie allowed the spirit that they thought was of Annabelle to stay with them and possess the doll. What? Um, what? So here is another version of the story. Yeah, please. That was presented in the demonologist book. Um, that's one that's been heard I actually this is this one story I've only heard it like two other places but this is the one that I knew of Um, it's that Annabelle was six and the basically what happened is that she died in a car accident outside of the apartment And so she was kind of stuck in the apartment area. And she finds, like, her spirit finds the doll and is like, this is my life now, right? (laughs) And so she decides that she wants to be in the doll. And they're like, oh, that's so sweet. Let's let her stay, right? No. What a bad fucking move. Okay. Because so, the spirit they thought was Annabelle, does that mean that there was like a possible? Because there was three drops of blood. I have all these questions. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't have all the answers because I don't understand demonology on the level of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Um, and I'm okay with that. Thank you. I'm fully okay with that. Yeah. Um. If I did, I think I'd have a different sort of paycheck right now. Um. <laughs> but you know, I'm just saying. I can't. Anyway. So, the big question was, did Annabelle the doll inflict physical harm on anyone? What do you think? I mean, if a doll can decide to lean up against a chair and move and, like, open doors and stuff, I'm going to say yes. Oh, totally. But not, like, the degree that the movie shows. Like, that's too far. But, so, Lou was not a fan of this doll for once in the story, the man was the skeptic and I (laughs) love it. 
Like, as soon as the doll showed up, he was like, this shit's evil. <laughs> get it out of my house. I like to imagine he's a reverend and he's like, get that blasted doll away from me. <laughs> so one night, Lou wakes up from a sudden deep sleep. It's like he was deep in the rim. And then all of a sudden, it's like the apple burr, burr, burr alarm. And you just... <laughs> shit yourself you know what i'm saying yeah and he realizes he's unable to move that's called sleep paralysis my friend and it sucks i suffer from it myself likewise and uh so what he sees is annabelle at his feet and he has to watch it slowly glide up his leg over his chest and before he can, like, process what's happening, this doll, with its floofy hands, begins to strangle him until he blacks out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. know! <laughs> I, I, like, equal parts wouldn't be able to handle it and would be drop-jaw Patrick at the same time. I would be freaked the fuck out and also, like, internally busting a gut. <laughs> I'd be like, if this is how I go, this is how I go. I'm okay with it. Because that's scarier, like as an like a mental image when it's a porcelain doll. Because it's, I guess, more human. Like, but if it's a raggedy Ann doll, it's just like this, it's just this smiling fluff. at you, and it doesn't stop <sighs> smiling. But like, that's creepy you... and precious at the same time. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I want to be so scared, but why are you giving me a hug that kills me? <laughs> It's like being killed by, like, a kitten. Yeah. Or a hedgehog. <laughs> like, they're so cute. You're kind of okay with it. Yeah. Also, we are millennials, and I feel like, you know, some of us are just more okay with death than others, you know? We're like, eh, we've had an okay life. Just a different, a different <laughs> headspace completely, totally. That's why I watched this movie with Jay called Countdown, and these millennial kids were, like, trying to live so hard, and I was like, mm, so unrealistic. <laughs> like, if we had three days left to live, we would just be throwing a party and accept it. Oh, yeah, all the party, all the booze. And just be like, oh, peace out, not paying taxes ever again. <laughs> It wouldn't work. Like, uh, love it. Anyway, so that is not Lou's only encounter with Annabelle. So later, Lou and Angie were doing this old-fashioned thing called studying maps. And they were going to prepare for a trip Lou was embarking on. I love the word embark. Um, the next day. And they hear a rustle from Donna's room. Why they went in, I don't know. I would just pretend like, you know, maybe there's a home invader and they're in lock the door and just be like, home invader, steal all her shit. Hopefully take the doll and it's gone. <laughs> and But however, Lou, being the braver soul than I, goes close to the closed door. He waits for the noises to stop. And then he enters. Natch. As he turns on the light, he sees, of course... Annabelle laying on the floor in a corner he walks over to her but as he did he gets that feeling you know like when someone's behind you and you're like what the fuck right so he spins around no one's there classic but in an instant 
he found himself doubled over, grabbing his chest, which was now bleeding. What? He looks at it and discovers seven claw-like scratches on his chest. Four are horizontal and three are vertical. And they were hot, like burns. However, these scratches healed rapidly and were gone fully in two days. Wait, what? Yup! So, and, okay, was it, like, perfect? Was it, like, a demon wanted to play tic-tac-toe? Like, when you say horizontal and vertical. Yeah, but it was four and three, so I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's true. I just work here. I didn't see a picture. (laughs) (laughs) So be it. Great. Yeah, I I didn't find a picture of it, and honestly, I was like, I don't want to be cursed. Thanks. I told you I'm actually afraid of these things. Mm -hmm. Just telling you a story. (laughs) Um... So, there has actually been a death involved with Annabelle. Allow me to tell you about it. So, in the Occult Museum of the Warrens, it's in Monroe, Connecticut. Yes, you can go. There has been many people who have kind of challenged Dearest Annabelle, if you will. And uh, I love the fact that they're like, yeah try to fuck me up and then like i think in the back of their head they're like okay but what if she does and then right yeah so um basically ed has said many people or many of the objects in this room have had dire effects on people people have been maimed have been killed people have wound up in mental institutions because of the things that are right in in this building here You have the voodoo dolls. You have the Raggedy Ann doll, which was responsible for the death of a young man who came in here one time who challenged the doll to do its worst, and it did. All right. You ready for the story? Okay. So he comes in. uh Uh-huh. And rode up on his motorcycle, which easily makes him less likable. And he (laughs) and his girlfriend take a tour. And as Ed is giving the tour, the young man started to mock the doll. And he tapped the glass. Like, what do you think you're doing? Is Who's this, this a kid zoo? with? His girlfriend. Oh, with Ed himself. Honestly, I bet you Ed was like, I don't care. Like, see what happens. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so he started tapping the glass that Annabelle is enclosed in. And he challenged her to put scratches on him like she had on Lou, who had been friends with Donna. And Ed kicked him right the fuck out. So three hours later, guess what happened? No. He he lost control of his motorcycle and hit a tree. The girlfriend, of course, survived, but she was in the hospital for over a year. What? Yeah. That's how this bad. is still in the 70s? Uh, no, this was uh, after she, um, like, Donna had given Annabelle to the Warrens. Okay. So she was in the glass cage, well, case, not cage. She was in the glass case, Ed was showing her, and this guy was like, oh, I'm going to fuck with her, and then he got killed. I don't like it. So, today... It is still located in Ed and Lorraine's Warren's Occult Museum in Monroe, Connecticut. 
Though there was a rumor that during the quarantine, she was kidnapped. Dullnapped. What? However, that was fake and she's safe. Okay. And I should say we're safe. She was completely fine the entire time. Right. No matter what. So, according to the Warrens, Donna and her roommate Angie, the medium that said there was the spirit of a little girl, right? Um, there was, like, you know, no such child. There may have been an Annabelle, but it was really a demon who used the doll um, to as possession, and it was impersonating the spirit of the child, right? Okay. So that was their... That was their interpretation of events that even though maybe the real child did exist at one point or another, that the there was a demon that had infested the doll and decided to break them down psychologically, mentally, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And because Lou was so against the doll, that's why he was targeted in the way that he was. Okay, I mean, that's a hell of a warning shot. Right? Um, so, finally, the Warren... It, the blah, 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 blahs. The Warrens became involved with it because Donna kind of came to the realization, after all of that, um, that the spirit might not be innocent. I don't know where she got that idea. She got an Episcopal priest who contacted a superior, who got in contact with the Warrens, and Father Cook performed an exorcism on the apartment and cleansed the home, blessed the individuals, and then the Warrens took the Raggedy Ann, and they've had it, it's been in their, the case ever since. So, that is the true story of Annabelle. Hmm... That's why the Annabelle movies don't make sense to me, because that would have been a really compelling movie to watch. Or at least, like, you know, if you blew that story out of proportion. Yeah. There's a lot of loose ends already there that I hate. And, and granted, I've maybe obviously, maybe not obviously, have never seen The Conjuring. And will never see it. But oh, <laughs> you should. It's so good. It's based on true stories. I'll take your word for it. Um, Guys, I'm going to make him watch it one day and he'll watch it with me and I'll make a lot of haircut jokes. <laughs> so me watching any like before the 2015 horror movies. Look at that haircut. <laughs> but yeah, I this is terrifying in and of itself. So I can I mean, yeah, I can't imagine why you would want to do anything else. I mean, unless it was like this story is like consecrated in some way and cannot be retold. Otherwise, we'll invoke the spirits. Well, shit, then we're fucked. <laughs> I mean, I'm chilling. I've told this story before to friends. I just have always been somebody who has been very like sensitive to the uncanny valley are you familiar with that phrase yes where when things start to look too human it's very uncomfortable for people mm -hmm. 
And I think a lot of people who are very sensitive to the Uncanny Valley and have an uncomfortability. That's a word. Um, we got there. <laughs> we tried. I think those kind of walk hand in hand. So. Which, yeah, would speak to why I was like, oh, no, the Hannibal doll, that's awful. Oh, Raggedy Ann, I'm slightly more okay with this. Yeah, but she's nowhere near the Uncanny Valley. So that's right. why I find this one so interesting. However, have you ever been to Key West, Florida? No. Well, you're then not aware of one of the most well-known haunted dolls, which was the inspiration for Chucky in the horror movie of Child's Play. <sighs> yep. Okay. That's right. We're going to talk about Robert the doll, not Robert my brother. <laughs> all right. So, Robert the doll. We've all experienced this, that eerie feeling of something or someone watching us. And if it's an inanimate object, we just feel fucked, you know? Like, we're going to die. And, of course, this is in Key West, Florida, so I feel like it makes sense that it's in Florida. I don't know why, but it does. I d don't ask me questions. <laughs> but people of Key West, Florida, who have visited this doll, many have not only experienced that feeling, but have also seen it when they have visited and viewed the famous toy of Robert the doll. You can actually go visit him. I don't know if regarding quarantine at East Martello Fort. That is where his current resting place is. As in he's chilling. He is kicked back in a chair. Chilling. Why? Because. Uh, okay. So he's a, he, let me describe him to you. Um, a lot of people find him to look terrifying. I actually don't. I think he looks adorable. Um, he is a little boy in a sailor suit. He has a very worn face. Um, it's vaguely human. His nose is a little nub. Um, his eyes are like pinholes. Uh, he's covered with a lot of nicks. They look like scars. He does have like beady black eyes, but it's like, you know, they put buttons for eyes. It kind of looks like that. Um, some people say it's a malevolent smirk. I don't see it. It looks like a smile. And he's holding his own toy, which is a dog with his, like, too big of a tongue just out of his mouth, which we all know is the cutest thing in the world. Mm -hmm. So I don't actually find him to be that terrifying, but everybody else does. And the other thing, which I also agree on this one, pretty much universally, he is a... Uh, haunted and he's caused car accidents broken bones job loss divorce and a cornucopia of other misfortunes and people are going to go visit this doll like say hey what's up i don't people visit prisons we've covered that they hold haunted house halloween shit at prisons like closed prisons they're like, check out this asylum that's closed. Let's go have a party there. Like, what? I'm not surprised. Mm hmm. So, Robert the Doll is 111 years old. And. Wait, is he? When did, when did this. We've Sorry, almost got a teenager on I our hands. I 
lied to you because oh. this article was posted a number of years ago and I forgot to check. Let me do some math real quick. He's 117. Okay, a teenager. Okay. Again. Great. He's a teenager again. Um, he currently lives at East 40s Martello Museum in Key West. So he was the property of one Robert Eugene Otto, who went by the name Cheen. And yes, he definitely named his doll after him. And that is the cutest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> like, don't you dare make fun of a little child who names a doll after themselves. It's super cute. So, Robert Eugene Otto was an eccentric artist and a member of prominent Key West... Oh, wait, a prominent Key West family. Um, so, this doll was a childhood gift. There are two people who may or may not have given it to him. The most popular one that I have heard, and, like, the one that I think is official, is that he was given it, the doll, by um, a servant of the family the auto family and she was bahamanian um and then there was another like story that it was given to him by his grandfather who bought the doll during a trip in germany so i go with the bahamanian servant giving him the doll it makes more sense to me and also i've read it every I've only read the German grandfather two places, I think. Maybe one. Um, but it was like a reliable source, so it's very confusing. Hmm. So, but of course, like, he's 117, so nobody wrote that down. <laughs> um, anyway. It was a one, according to the most reliable of sources... He was given to him by, it was a one-of-a-kind handmade doll, and he does look that way. He does look handmade um, and by a servant that worked for his parents in the home. And, of course, he went by Jean, and he named the doll Robert, and he was very, very attached. You know how, like, children who grow up in homes where it's mostly adults, there's not many kids to play with, and the family often, especially in high society, kind of neglects the children. And so they get really attached to certain toys. I am thinking of the Velveteen Rabbit and it's going to make me cry. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Right. So I feel like that was his relationship with Robert the doll. If I keep saying Robert, then I'm going to start thinking of my brother. And this is going to take a weird turn. <laughs> <laughs> So, Eugene lived in a house that is now called the Artist's House. It was 534 Eaton Street, and it was built between 1890 and 1898. And this is where Eugene was, or sorry, Jean, was given Robert the doll, and where a friendship that lasted throughout his lifetime and beyond was forged. While he seemed like an ordinary just cloth doll, similar to Annabelle, it wasn't long before Robert was involved in strange and somewhat terrifying events. So the first hint that something was out of the ordinary was happening was one night when Jean, who was only 10 at the time, awoke to find his homie sitting at the end of his bed staring at him. No, 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 oh, no, yeah. no. So moments later, 
his mother would then be woken up by Jean's screams, crying for help, and, like, the sound of furniture being flipped. What? And, of course, as a mother, you're going to think, who the fuck is in my son's room? Like, who is invading my house? But, of course, this is the early 1900s, and I don't think they had home invasions the same way that we have home invasions. So she just kicks the door in, you know? I don't think so. I'm editorializing. Badass. I love it, though. <laughs> um, but the thing is, is, like, Jean's crying for help, screaming for his mother to, like, help him. She has to wrench the locked door open, right? Jean she locked is... his door? No. Oh, okay. Of course not, Vaughn. Why would he have locked his door? Also, I don't think the door... <laughs> Like, I don't think. Don't tell would. me it didn't have a lock. Oh, that would be fucked up. Uh, but she saw Jean curled up in fear on his bed. The room was in shambles, and Robert the doll is sitting at the foot of his bed. And the only thing that Jean could tell her, and he would use this many, many times throughout his childhood, when anything like destructive or strange would happen, is Robert did it. But did Robert do it? Okay. So nobody Uh, knows like how or why this child's toy would actually wreak havoc on a bedroom. But at the same time, a 10 year old, would he do that? Like, that's a real question. Why would a 10 year old do that? Attention? Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm hearing so far. So far, we're we're feeling attention. Okay. From Jean. But we're going to hold on to that. We're going to put a pin. Um, it was just a toy, but, you know, it didn't stop at that one time. So Jean's parents would often hear their son upstairs talking to Robert the doll and getting a response back in a totally different voice. What? Like, yeah. like, okay, go ahead. Kind of like in The Shining. You know what I'm talking about? I he's don't. like... The finger guy, like, Rawr. I got nothing. Oh yeah, you yeah. haven't seen that. No, I. This is nowhere near my world, and I am. Th- this is also the reason why, like, I still have the image of this doll at the foot of this bed, and I'm, I'm not well right now. He's not well, but don't worry. He's in a. He's also in a glass cage, and doing great. Great. Like, I mean, at 117, he's just kicking it, you know? You've earned it at that point, right? Yeah, he's just... The pension's coming in. You're just doing your thing. Having a good time. And honestly, just rest on your flowers. You had a whole film franchise. (laughs) Like, at the time, the doll's like, I didn't even know I could do that, but now I do. Like, where's my money? Um... They also reported seeing the doll speak and witnessing his expressions change. That's going to make me shit my pants, right? So giggling, sightings of Robert running up and down the stairs or looking out windows upstairs were also reported. Unrelated but funny, one time my brother Robert fell asleep while walking up the stairs and I've never forgotten it. (laughs) Just completely irrelevant but I thought it would lighten the mood. Anyway, Robert lived with Jean throughout his entire life, 
And after Jean's parents died, he did move back into the artist home, like the same home with his wife, Anne. So Jean decided that the doll needed a room of his own and placed him in the upstairs room that had a window overlooking the street. I think he knew the vibe. Like, he was like, it's my doll. I know what to do. But Anne was like, uh, she couldn't put her finger on it. But she's like, mm. So she actually wanted Jean to lock the doll up in the attic where he couldn't really do anything, right? Like, you know, you got the run to the attic, but you can't stab anyone. I mean, it right? makes sense to me. However, like, Jean's like, fine. And as you know, anyone can figure the new digs weren't working out. Like, visitors to the home could hear footsteps in the attic, someone pacing back and forth, giggling. Giggling is just awful. Like, who giggles these days? <laughs> I either heartily chuckle or just... <laughs> yeah, right. I'm committing to that laugh completely to let you know, or, or I'm giving a polite, like, uh-huh. <laughs> like, if I text you LMFAO, like, in my heart, I have laughed my ass off, but in my face, I've done nothing. <laughs> you know what i mean like i laugh on the inside and i feel you there especially if i'm like in public i look weird if i'm just laughing looking at my phone (laughs) i have though like (laughs) there have been videos that have taken me completely off guard when i'm like on break or something and there are people around me but i'm ignoring them and all of a sudden i'm like (laughs) and they're like um what you laughing at and i'm like nada (laughs) stop being a weirdo leave me alone (laughs) and you just walk off i think we've all i think we've all realized that youtube is on our phone now like come on right um so (laughs) but there like you know gene goes up he goes to investigate and he's like oh robert he's up in the he's up in the attic that's gotta suck and there was no way he could be sitting by a window of the upstairs bedroom but when he opened the bedroom door there was his homie robert the doll sitting in the rocking chair by the window of the upstairs bedroom and just reflecting no 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 and he would take him back to the attic several times but each time he just found him by the window in the same upstairs bedroom and i just feel like gene was so reluctant he was like i don't even want to deal with it like and just let him have his bedroom this is my buddy this is my bro he was there for me when I needed it most. And Anne's like, yeah, but I've got vibes. And... <sighs> but Gene Otto died in 1974. What a time. And a new owner moved into the house on Eaton Street. And their 10-year-old daughter, who I'm going to name Patricia... Uh, that's not her name. I just pulled it out of my ass. But she was so delighted to find Robert the doll in the attic, right? Mm-hmm. And I would kind of hope that Robert's like, oh, my God, new friend. This is great. But no. She soon found out that Robert was alive and that the doll wanted to hurt her. She awoke often in the middle of the night screaming in fear and told 
her parents that Robert had moved about in the room. So they gave Robert the doll away to East Martello Fort. And apparently there are stories that go with it. I don't know them. But many believe the origin of Robert's evil lies in the one who originally gave it to him. I just want to say super quick, like, I am those parents at the very end here. Like, I'm, like, oh, that's me. That's yeah. where I've been. I was like, I, I'm not any of these people. I don't understand why these people are making these decisions. The parents who are like, oh, it's running around the room. Great. It can't stay here. That's me. <laughs> but at the same time, like, Jean was very attached. You feel me? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I get that. that. That dynamic does track. It's like taking away a nanny from some kids. Like, we've all seen Harry the Spy. That does not go well. Yeah. Uh, you can't just be like, okay, sorry. Let me take your Xbox 360. <laughs> like, mm. So anyway, the evil of Robert the Doll allegedly may lay with the one who gave it to him. And that would have been the servant who worked for Jean's parents. This is why I don't feel like the grandfather story checks out. Um, because it doesn't really make sense. But the woman who uh, gave it to him was the Bahamanian servant. I hope I said that right. You know, I'm just going to pretend like I did. But Where is she I from? Know how you say pe- from the Bahamas. Oh, uh, Bahamian, I think. Not Bahamanian. I think it's Bahamian. I'm gonna go with yours. You can you can catch flack for that. I'll, anyway, I'll, so I'll take that heat. Okay, I'll take the smoke. <laughs> so she was allegedly mistreat, mistreated by her bosses, and it was her punishment to curse the doll, right? With quote voodoo and black magic. Doesn't make that much sense. I don't even know if Voodoo made it to the Bahamas. I know that it is in the New Orleans and parts like of the Caribbean. That's a Haitian thing. Yeah, like it's in parts <laughs> of the Caribbean, but I don't think that's a Bahamas thing. I could be very wrong on that. Didn't look up, you know, the history of Voodoo in the Bahamas. However, she could have learned it, you know, from somebody in Florida. Who knows? But at the same time, what a cop out for an answer. Right. That might explain the many mysterious and frightening experiences that people have had with Robert the doll. But wouldn't the haunting have ended when the parents died or when Jean died even? Because Jean was very attached even till the end. But no one really knows because one thing is constant. Robert the doll still taunts and scares those who come to visit like if you go to the museum to take photos like cameras will suddenly become inoperable when they go to take a photo of them and they only start working again when they leave the museum cool i know right weird so staff members report that his facial expressions change they hear his giggling they've seen him put his hand on the glass um what yeah and somehow he still is able to like cause fear and discomfort to staff and visitors. Um, so they're like visitors are welcome to view Robert in his case at the museum, and of course encouraged to try to get in photo. But most who've tried have been unsuccessful. Um, 
If you watch him carefully, try to catch a glimpse of him smirking at you, moving about his case, or watching you as you watch him. No. See that? No. No. We're not both going to be watching each other. Absolutely not. And you're inanimate? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. There Was there an update? Oh, yes. So... Yeah, he, uh, visitors have come to the museum often, right? Because he's a mischievous toy. Mm-hmm. He's appeared on TV shows. He has had his war of The actual doll? Yeah. On TV? Okay. He's a stop on a ghost tour. He's inspired, obviously, Playtime. Or, sorry, not Playtime, uh, Child's Play. Um, mm-hmm. He has many social, he has a social media account. And you can buy replicas, which is foolish to me, books, coasters, t-shirts, and you can write to him. He gets one to three letters a day. Um, there are often apologies for failing to respect him or even openly disrespecting him and begging for forgiveness. Because um, people are like being haunted, maybe? Maybe. Or like feeling... I mean, I find it interesting, but why would you disrespect... Like, to the point that you feel like you need to write to a doll for forgiveness? I mean... Right. Anything. Interesting. But anyway, somehow people think that Robert has a sweet tooth. I'm really interested to figure out how that came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people send him bags of candy. Um, exercising caution, the museum staff does not consume the treats sent to Robert. Guests leave him sweets, money, and occasionally joints. That is incredible. I <laughs> that is still a thing, but the person says it's completely inappropriate as we are still a museum. Um, but Robert's 117. He can do what he wants. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he does have a caretaker because he's 117. And once a year, he's taken out of the case. Wade to assess whether the Florida weather has adversely affected his straw-filled body. Um, And then, you know, does the proxy of receiving and reading all his emails, letters, and running social media feed. She photoshopped Robert's knobby face onto the now-famous picture of Kim Kardashian popping a bottle of champagne into a glass behind on her behind. (laughs) Um... It was in order to attract attention to a campaign that would score the museum a grant if they garnered enough votes. So with the combined forces of Kardashians and Robert Celebrity and Dull's social media, he had almost 9,000 Facebook likes likes, and the museum won by a landslide. That was from um, Atlas Obscura. And then there was a 2015 movie that was purely based on it. And it says, before Chucky, before Annabelle, there was Robert. Totally true. However, he is still kind of Chucky. But he looks very different than he really is. Um, Yeah. Uh Uh-uh. But however, like, I don't... His, his caretaker says 
when they were asked if uh, Robert was haunted, they said, I don't know. I've never had a bad experience with him. I've never felt uncomfortable. It's always been a very basic relationship, and I have a job to do. I go and do it. And whether there's something to it or not, he just allows me to get on with my job. Interesting. But that's Robert the Doll, the original, I would say the OG of the haunted dolls of major pop culture. Um, But I have a theory behind haunted dolls. After you Uh give me some commentary on what you think of Robert. So, this is a mess. Like, why... (laughs) We're going to start with the people that, that work with, for Robert. I'll say with Robert, because that feels respectful, and I'm not taking any chances here. Uh, <laughs> Smart move. Like, for them to say, and I guess I'm, like, admitting it myself, but for them to be like, I mean, yeah, like, we have a, a fine enough relationship. And I'm like, I don't know if I would describe, I guess they have to embody or imbue Robert with, some sort of personhood because it that that's that part feels strange to me i guess is what i'm getting at uh-huh. Th- that they're like yeah i mean he's been always been fine to me like i see him at lunch and it's all you know honky dory <laughs> it's like, like they're in the mess hall at uh, universal studios yeah <laughs> like yeah he brings cookies in sometimes he's great i love him um this what i don't also understand is people playing with fire like people continuing to like go to this thing like like go to go visit robert and like right if you think about like you mentioned like the annabelle one where like they were tapping on the glass like why why do any of that and like take the chance i mean at the same time we just lived through 2020 and i feel like your Mm -hmm. answers are all right there and that, yeah, that actually, thank you. You're welcome. Sometimes no further questions. Need, <laughs> you just need a reminder sometimes that after 2020, you don't have to ask, you don't have to wonder why anymore. Yeah. It will um, make it interesting for like, I think, speaking of that quick offshoot, like with any future like horror or like outbreak or infection movies that might come out in like <laughs> five to 10 years, like they're so stupid. How could they? Because we did. Because we, we did. They can because we did. Yeah, and also it's like, we have to save humanity. Do you? No. Like, maybe Thanos was right. I'm terrible. I mean, I'm terrible. I mean, thank God they finished the Avengers like series when they did. Otherwise, it's like... Oh, yeah. So many people are, like, sympathetic now. <laughs> <laughs> The mistakes were made. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm so kidding. However, wild. Um, but, okay, so to my theory. if Have you ever heard, I mean, if you watch anime, which I believe you do. I've seen a, a few animes in my day. Um, there are several shows that have dealt with the concept. Um, but if you've heard of what a homunculus is. Which is literally yeah, Latin. Full Metal Alchemist? Yes, that is uh, the most popular one that uses the concept. It is a homunculus. Lat- the Latin word is literally little person. 
So it's a represent representation of a small human being, right? Popularized in the 16th century alchemy and 19th century fiction, it's re like historically referred to the creation of a miniature, full, fully formed human, right? Um, I feel like the fear of dolls or this concept of demonic possession and dolls kind of goes with the concept of what a homunculus is. And um, it's a really, like, a if you do a study on what a homunculus is, and by a study I mean a casual, like, look over, um, there are several, just so you're all aware, I will give you some media to know like full metal alchemist is a series that covers it and i actually think the way they do it's pretty cool bride of frankenstein in 1935 uses it uh being john malkovich uh the devil's backbone um i think there's a couple video games like legend of heroes i think does it but there's like there's a there's a bunch of things that you can do besides just reading articles um there's also i want to say um gosh i hope i'm remembering the right thing i think it's tales from the hood oh do you yeah. remember that series there was yeah. uh one of those stories was about a um a bunch of homunculi that were in a house that were basically like were slaves from you know the 17 1800s but then they like tormented like this white guy who was i mean also racist present day uh and like i think wound up killing him spoiler alert but this is also <laughs> something from like the mid 90s yeah, but yeah that's another resource i think tales from the hood is what it was yeah there's a many many um kind of things i mean the folklore goes so far back to like late 1500 or sorry late 1400s early 1500s about how to create them it's wildly weird it equates with the philosopher's stone um and the inner person it's such an odd thing but like you know making little people essentially which what it, it's what a doll really is um i think in a way it it was kind of taboo and that could be where a source of fear comes from. Um, like, and there's all sorts of, you know, additional miniature people type things from many cultures. So, like, one of them was um, Mandragora or a Mandrake. And you know that from Harry Potter. Who doesn't? But also it came from many 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 years ago and also i think it's even like mentioned biblically so like a really long time ago it's also mentioned in uh like a witchcraft and spells book i cannot remember which one so it goes really back into european witchcraft so there's like like the late middle ages and stuff there's such a thing around many people and what they can't do and what they can't do and i think like an inherent fear of things that um kind of look like human 
and don't have life to them can trigger like what happens if they get life you know yeah and i think uh, of course the uncanny valley situation is something but i do wonder how many people have a fear of dolls and certain types of toys that get close to it um because like a barbie doesn't scare me but a porcelain doll does Mm. barbie is nowhere near the the uncanny valley for me yeah no i i mean as you're breaking it down now i'm realizing like my fear is more of like just something being that size and having like full human-like autonomy like Mm -hmm. that sort of thing scares me right and it's terrifying to think because you know another thing that terrifies me in horror movies get ready are children I almost screamed in the face of one of my nieces once because she woke me up out of my sleep and she was like, I'm scared. And I was like, me too. (laughs) And it's your fault. (laughs) I was like, I almost shat myself and punched you. But yeah, you can come sleep in my bed. That's fine. Like, you know what? It's scary outside. Scary in here too. But like, I was like, I'm not sure if I just said okay to a demon getting in my bed or what? Like, oh my gosh. Gonna be fine. That reminds me of that, like, I sometimes stupidly will like peruse like two sentence horror um, on Reddit. <laughs> and one of them like was like, you go to tuck your child in the bed and they tell you they're scared of like the monster under the bed. And you look under the bed to like prove to them there's no monster there. And your child is there under the bed saying like, I'm scared they're going to get me. So you're like, okay, who's the freaking demon? And I'm screwed either way dude i was you know the the show shout out to this show thank you jonathan freaks for hosting it's um beyond beyond belief yes yes there was one that got me and i am never over it it's the one where like this kid was scared of the closet and they shut him in the closet and he disappears only thing that's left is his clothes and that's the end of the story no and like there was something (laughs) that like i think it was true and i don't remember but you can catch that on amazon by the way people it's a fun show to watch um because Jonathan Frakes going, no, is fantastic. But also the stories are so, like, interesting. And yeah, it's like what Ghost Whisper meets Forensic Files. And um, I just like, oh, that kind of stuff scares the crap out of me. And I'm like, why? It's not real. But then sometimes you're like, but what if it is? Like, what if this doll all of a sudden, like, what if my sock monkey all of a sudden started walking into my room and kicking my leg? Even though it's, like, the cutest kick ever, what if? It's not supposed to kick, so it's no longer cute in my book. Right, and so I'm going to run out of my house screaming. My dog's going to follow me, so I don't have to worry about that. But, I mean, she follows me everywhere. And then all my stuff's in there, and I have to burn my house down. (laughs) great now i have to move because i've burned down my only residence yeah thanks garcetti um 
yeah, so that's my story for you. I hope you are fully terrified of Annabelle and Robert the Doll. What life? Now you know the real story and how much more scary it actually was. Yeah. And this is how I know I'm fully unprepared for any of this. And I was, and I'm also still no longer prepared. Um, I, so this week, actually, I had, uh, I think it was, I was in the throes of my, uh, like recovering from, uh, my second, uh, dose. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I saw this light on the floor. And based on where it was, it was like a light on the floor that was like on the other side of my door. So I was like, what is looking at me? Or like, what's, what thing is like trying to peer into, into like my room? And I couldn't make sense of it. And I was like, okay, let me, okay, I'm definitely awake. Nothing weird is happening to me right now. But what is this light? What am I doing? And I just like freaked out. And then I looked, like I squinted a little bit closer. Keep in mind, like my room is like pitch black. Cause like I need total darkness to be, to of not course. be disturbed. Of course. And I like squint some more and I start to notice like there's a leg or maybe two legs, something. I'm like, wait, so what is, what am I seeing? So something's like on legs, but also like leaning down. They're like, it, it freaked me out. And I was like, okay, I, Vaughn, you just got to turn some light on and like whatever's going to get you is going to get you because you're here, bud. You're in bed. Were there's you under your you blanket? Um, I, at that point, I was not under my blanket. So I was exposed. Yeah. Oh my God. Fully exposed. And uh, I turned my light on and it wound up that I actually just slept really crazy and shifted. So I was actually facing my desk, not my door. the legs i was seeing was the legs of my desk and the light i was seeing was my search protector the light on the search protector let me know it was on so that's how ridiculous i am with and that's how inanimate objects affect me oh my god one time i rearranged my room and i I couldn't figure out why i couldn't get out of my room but it was because i was trying to exit through my window Kudos. Well done. <laughs> so I've done similar stupid things. Like, I was like, what are these mini blinds doing here? <laughs> <laughs> so I feel you on that level of like, what the fuck? Yeah. Which is, I guess, you know, again, it's all to say, I don't need a whole lot of help to be freaked out. <laughs> it's true. But also, when you know the truth then you can be less afraid because if you see like a raggedy Anne crawling up you, you're going to be like, Oh, it's just floofy. All I got to do is swerve. <laughs> it's just floofy. I just have to let it choke me out <laughs> passively and I'll wake up the next day and figure it out. Then <laughs> I feel like, I feel like you could do like game recognizes game. I see what you're doing. You know what? I have this terrible neighbor downstairs. I think you're going to have a better time. Because, like, I'd be okay with this, but also I think I can give you a list. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm also thinking of, like... Like, like to, to your point from earlier about, like, millennials and our state of being, I think I would also just kind of be like, eh. go ahead, little mama. I'm not even mad at you. I know. It's like, I've had an okay life. Let's see what happens. Student loans got me messed up. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. 
Which, ironically, I think would save us. I think the doll would be like, oh, this isn't even fun now. Like, Yeah, I know. That's why I'm like, none of us have been haunted and we're like openly screaming. <laughs> yeah, I guess if millennials, if, if our thing is that we are living in fear in some way or another, that's probably why there are less. <laughs> it's not that technology has gotten better. It's just that we are living in fear. I we are living like through hell. If we released Annabelle... And gave her a list. Maybe she'd do us some solids. And be like, yo, sister, we're happy with this. Go after these people. Call us when you're done. You can get a Mai Tai set up on the beach. Let us know when you need your stuffing restuffed. And we'll split an avocado toast after. Yeah. Like I support it. <laughs> I don't know if that's how demons work, but (laughs) we just turned into two terrible people. (laughs) I, you know what? I don't think I'm willing to chance it though. Like, you know, I'm willing to go for just the Mai Tais. Yeah. And be, I think I'm allergic to Mai Tais. I'm going to go with a fucked up Mai Tai and like, you know, cancel out the ingredients I'm allergic to Mm -hmm. and just be like, yeah, life sucks. Let's keep going. For now. <laughs> if I can make it through 2020, I'll make it through this. I don't even know what this is. Oh, well. Now that we know the story of haunted dolls, maybe we can create one of our own. And see what happens next. And this has been a delightful episode of Vaughn and I turning into terrible people thinking, how could we use these demonic dolls to our benefit? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and as always, if you have suggestions in cases that we could cover or things that might be fun to hear about, and you can always reach out to us on social media, Instagram and Twitter are, let's, uh, wait, talk about facts, T-A-L-K-A-B-T-F-A-C-T-S, where you can email us at... L-T-A-T-F podcast at gmail.com and of course thank you for listening I am Elizabeth Leary and with me has been Vaughn hey y'all oh oh and we will see you next week bye